Hi, I'm Amy Rodman. Welcome to Igniting Creativity, a series for virtual teachers, where I walk you through the things I wish I would have known about becoming a teacher business owner and help you creatively thrive. I'm still teaching classes for the majority of my time, but without building my business, I wouldn't be sustaining this kind of career. It's a lot different than having a structured schedule where you report to a building with guidelines and deadlines set by others. My success now completely depends on what I put into it and how I manage my time. Join me on this journey of how I'm making that work so you can implement what speaks to you. Don't forget to download the free workbook to help you make the progress that will aid in your success. Scheduling. Episode five is about scheduling and this was a tough one for me having the freedom to schedule whenever I wanted because I live by my calendar. I feel like as a mom, I'm a manager of all things and I have so many other people scheduled to work around that it was often impossible to do that whenever I worked a regular Monday through Friday job and things just had to take second seat to what my work hours were. Now I'm able to set my own hours and I had to determine what was actually the best set of hours for me to work. How many hours was I going to work each day? What days of the week would I work? And what time frames? So with virtual teaching, being at home, it can often feel like you're working all hours or you end up working all hours trying to please everybody else because they have requests of you and you're trying to gain as many enrollments as possible. Step back and think, what is going to work for you and your family? So I'm not gonna lie, it takes a while to figure that out. You may even have to change your ideal audience in order to work the hours you truly want to work. If you wanna work during the day, you have to target homeschooled or unschooled children, maybe the retired population, if you are okay with working evenings and weekends, you're going to see more of the brick and mortar students that are looking for supplemental classes or tutoring or the adults who work a regular work week. So I spent a lot of office hours working on my schedule because don't forget that if you are teaching, you can't just claim your live teaching hours as part of your work week. You need to schedule in other aspects of the job and office hours is definitely one of them. You also might not realize how long certain things take during those office hours. So it's a good idea to kind of track that so that you start planning a little better. I used to co-work on Thursday mornings. We'd have an hour you got on Zoom with some other people with goals similar to yours. Co-working is actually really effective. I love doing it, but you would set those goals and I'd list off three or four things that I thought I was going to do. At the end of the hour, whoever was managing the co-working session would ask what we accomplished. One, one of those things, maybe not even one, at least not the first few times I did it because I was not setting realistic goals because I thought, okay, I'm gonna be so focused for this hour, I'm gonna get so much done. And things just take longer than you realize they're going to take until you start doing them over and over and you start streamlining things. Setting my schedule was definitely one of them. And now I spend such a small amount of time scheduling things because I have it down pat. 
but it did take a while to get there. So here is what I do or what I look at whenever I am setting my schedule. And I have to also keep in mind, I want to truly love what hours I'm teaching live. And I have to schedule around that. So the first thing I do is start small. Look at the week, the weekly schedule of live teaching hours, how many office hours I think I'm going to need, if there's any professional development mixed in there. And when I say professional development, I belong to a mastermind where I meet with other um, teacher entrepreneurs. I can never say that word correctly. And that counts. Even though it's only about an hour every week, I count that as work time because we're talking about business. I work several different part-time jobs, so I have to figure those in. I do color code for stuff, so my planner is color coded. And that has been really helpful to see how many hours I'm breaking down into each part of my business. And then don't forget to make sure that you're leaving blocks of time for your personal time, your family time. So for that week, I'm able to see if I have a pretty balanced work week. Then I look at things monthly. Now I do use a virtual calendar I'm a Google Calendar person all the way because I can color code our families, events, send reminders to my kids about things. It sends me an email in the morning reminding me of what my day is going to be like and that really helps me not forget to pick somebody up or to go to an appointment because you get that, uh, that daily reminder as well. But I'm also a paper planner person and I remember having printed monthly calendars, not just in my planner, but I actually printed out the month, month by month, so I could spread it out on the table and I could see the entire rest of the year and schedule things out that way so that I could really get a big picture of what was going on. When I do that, I map out the holidays, any appointments, sometimes there's doctor's appointments that you know will happen six months from now, and whenever you're scheduling things, if you don't have those on there, you can forget and you don't want to forget something that has been scheduled so far in advance. So those monthly calendars are really helpful. They end up in the garbage recycle bin, but they are helpful in the moment. I also look at things quarterly or seasonally because for that, there might be a change of themes or topics. There might be consistent courses that you're offering. Don't forget about the evergreen versus seasonal classes. Evergreen meaning you're teaching a class that could happen at any time of the year. And then you may want to change things up and drop one of those evergreen classes. Or if you have time, add in some of those seasonal classes. So that is going to possibly change what parts of your year look like. And I also plan yearly, usually through the school year. Um, some people like to plan January through December and of course financially I have to think about that because of taxes but when I'm planning my teaching schedule just because I was a teacher for so very long I still plan it out through the school year and that has worked for me because changes in the schedule have happened with the school year starting in the summer, I teach more students that I see starting to head back to school. In the fall, 
my audience definitely changes and I'm teaching students that are home. And that is going to just create a big shift right there in the end of August, beginning of September. The other thing that has happened or that I've noticed is my school year is a different start date and end date than a lot of other people's school year now that I'm teaching virtually and literally across the world. So I don't put a ton of, um, I guess I don't take the time to like try to figure out when is everybody starting? When is everybody ending? That's always a debate at the end of summer whenever people are trying to plan that. But it's really hard to predict because there are drastic differences. Even from one state to the next, I'm right next to a state that they're going into like way into June. Um, you know, they don't end their school year for a month after we end ours. So it's hard to do that. Other things to add to those calendars are some vacation time. And I know sometimes it's hard to figure that out. We don't plan a vacation as far out in advance as I know some of my friends do, but you want to just make sure that you would be able to plan a vacation or some of the classes that you offer, for instance, ongoing classes. I can keep it a, a consistent weekly thing, but then if I decide that this is the week I'm gonna be going on vacation, I can cancel that class and you want to make sure you're doing it in enough notice, you give enough notice to the parents, but it's not like I have to have that set in stone right from the beginning of setting my schedule. Don't forget about holidays and how you're going to work your classes around holidays. And this can also be different for some people. You may take the actual day off. You might celebrate different things than other people. Someone might celebrate something where they take a day off from your class, but you still offer it. You can take an entire week off before or after a major holiday and start offering some other things like camps or specialized one-time classes. Um, it's really up to you. I, Since I like teaching ongoing classes as much as I do, I do take off. Let's use Christmas as an example the week before Christmas and the week between Christmas and New Year's for those ongoing classes and start back up in January. So everything's still running consistently, but I have X'd out those two weeks. And then I have that free for me to decide if it's going to be strictly family time and a break, or maybe that's whenever I work on office hour stuff and do some catching up. Or I start throwing in some classes at the last minute sometimes just because I know I'm going to be free on a particular day. So those for me are times whenever I can be really flexible. And then build in personal time. So if you want to be successful, you do want to be consistent and you want to offer as much as you can offer, which is going to look very different for everybody's families. But something that I've learned is schedule breaks between classes. It's a lot to sit in front of the computer screen and you are on, you know, you're there, you have to be engaged. You're not paying attention to anything else that's going on. And then whenever you log off, you need a breather. Some people only schedule five minutes between. That way, if you're running a couple minutes behind in your class, you can say, okay, 
I have these couple minutes to just start back up, log back in, get started, and not be late for my next class. Some people prefer 15 minutes. Some people do not like starting if it's not on the hour or the half hour. I've never noticed a difference in my enrollment based on that. So I schedule mine. I give myself a full half hour between every class. And that might not be everybody else's preference, but because I teach art, it's hard to predict how long something's gonna, going to take, especially when we're doing a painting. Drawing, it's a little bit easier. And I don't like to send people off and log out of class with an unfinished work of art. So if we have to stay a little bit later, I always check in with the students, make sure that they can do that. If they can't, I offer assistance in the classroom afterward if they're working on it on their own time. It doesn't happen that often that it runs over like more than five, 10 minutes, but that half hour to me is time to get up, to stretch, to walk upstairs, to walk back downstairs, to just have time away from the screen, to eat a meal, to throw in some laundry, to start dinner before a class and come up and it's halfway done or it's partway done at least throughout the afternoon in a crock pot. Take a few minutes to read. Take a few minutes to shut your eyes so that you're not staring at a screen the whole time. Put your phone down. Make phone calls. That's the thing that I missed or I realized that I didn't ever have time to just take care of like family business and be able to make some phone calls, pay a couple bills, do these things without feeling like that's what my entire evening was taken care of. So now I set my schedule where on Tuesday mornings I get to take a yoga class. And I was not going to do that originally. I was going to start teaching a little earlier so I could st stop teaching um, and have the afternoon free. And then whenever this opportunity came up where it was a weekly class at a location that I love to go to, I figured, why? what am I doing? Why am I going to seek out a different class in the evening when I don't wanna leave, when it's dark and it's cold and rearrange my schedule for what? Whenever I could work a little bit later and I'll still be home, I'm not gonna be getting home in the dark and I can go take that in that class that I wanna take in the morning. So my Tuesdays are my later class days, but I love them because I start the day off in such a good way. So the last thing I'm gonna say about scheduling is you do have to set boundaries. You are going to get requests for times whenever you don't wanna teach. And sometimes it's really hard to say no. It is so tempting to schedule anything at any time if there has been any interest shown. And you don't want to upset a parent that you're not willing to offer something whenever it's convenient for them, but you really have to look at your schedule and is it convenient for you? Then what happens sometimes is they request a time, you rearrange things, you schedule a class, and they don't even register. And then you just get upset and you start getting resentful. And that is no way to run a business. You have to run your business on your own terms. Just today, I had a request for a class that I'm offering this afternoon, but the request is to teach it in the evenings or anytime on Saturdays or Sundays. I'm not able to do that, at least not for several weeks, like into probably a month from now. 
I will occasionally teach one class a weekend because I don't mind doing like one hour here and there, but I don't schedule multiple classes over the weekend. And I have other commitments. I have other things that I teach in person in the evenings and weekends. I have reasons why I have to leave the house because of my children on the evenings. I have some meetings. I have a mastermind that I attend every week that I'm not going to cancel because that is something that helps me build my business. So even though I could rearrange my schedule to be able to offer this class when it was requested, I will very politely decline it and let her know that in the future, if I'm able to, I'll be able to contact her. If they have starred or favorited your class, if it's on a platform that does that, they'll get notification anyway. But I usually just send out a quick little message saying, thank you for the request. And I'm totally honest about why it cannot be scheduled at the time that is being requested until possibly in the future. So look for it then. It's really easy to be polite and still set those boundaries. I hope that when you're working out your schedule, you're able to start really managing it so that you're enjoying when you're working. I know virtual teaching can be lonely. We're sitting behind a screen in our own home with no other coworkers. I left a really good support system of coworkers who I'm still in contact with on a regular basis, but I miss that community of seeing them in person and bouncing ideas off of each other. I guess what I should say is I miss seeing them, but I don't miss leaving my house. I do love my commute now, but what I'm trying to build here is a bit of community, collaboration over competition every step of the way. There's six episodes in this series and hopefully one or all of the topics resonate with you in some way to help you build your business. Don't forget about the workbook that can be downloaded in the show notes and you can find me at amyrodman.com or at amy.rodman.art on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks for listening.